I will never write a single line which I have not first felt in my own heart. He'll teach you everything. Truer words were never spoken. All right. Language and writing were made available. writing this down this is good stuff i don't know if you know this but i'm john this is john helps you write better so we're gonna talk about how to write better here we, i really need a better opening don't i yeah i should do something like different than that next time next time we'll, we'll workshop it we'll workshop it okay let's at least start talking today since now halloween is over and we are into november uh christmas assaults on our senses have already begun I don't care for Christmas. I don't like Christmas. I don't like it at all. I am uh, somebody who is incredibly depressed half the year, uh, like hospital level depressed. I am someone who just doesn't like being cold or wet. I don't like the false cheer. Uh, I'm not deeply religious anymore. Like I, I like getting stuff, but uh, I don't typically get what I want. So uh, I end up having to get it for myself, which sort of defeats the whole purpose of a gift. And then, like, everybody's just, oh, my God, look how nice this is, and I hate every part of it. So I don't like Christmas. But one of the things I particularly don't like, and I promise this has a point to do with writing, is Christmas songs. I, I cannot stand them. I understand that Mariah Carey posts a tweet and everybody goes bananas that all she wants for Christmas is you again and again. And I have to tell you, the one Christmas thing I like is where the Foo Fighters played some Christmas carols on Saturday Night Live. And it's about three minutes long. And that's about all I can stomach when it comes to Christmas stuff because it used to be jammed down my throat as a kid. And I can't seem to ever escape it even now, 40 years later. The, the thing that gets stuck in my head is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, where you know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, and we're going to make fun of the neurodivergent reindeer, but then all of a sudden they're going to be somebody who can really help us. So then, hey, we, we like that kid. It's a pretty fucked up story. I, I don't care for it, but uh, I think there are additional parallels to consider because we know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen the same way we know that there are Pancers and Plotters, the two kinds of warring states in all the ways we can draft story. Now, granted, of course, it's not the only way we can draft story. It'd be ridiculous to try and boil everybody down to a binary, right? That sounds absolutely stupid when we say it out loud. Yet here we are in so many hashtag writing communities sitting down trying to make everybody a binary and trying to say that one side's better than the other. But I want to tell you there's a, there's a third side there, there are so many shades of gray and gradations between the two, and it really does not fucking matter if you pants or if you plot just as a label. The thing that does matter, though, is your approach to organizing your story and your approach to understanding that if you are looking to have long-term success and if you are looking to get better at your craft and if you are looking to do both of those things, you are going to have to write some notes down. What those notes look like can be entirely up to you. It can be bullet points. It can be an outline. It can be an outline like they teach you in school. It can be a variety of color-coded post-it notes stuck on a, on a big corkboard. 
It can be a Charlie Day conspiracy meme of things on a wall with red string. It can be loads of different stuff, but it does have to be something. And a lot of pantsers listen to that and they get really angry. And if you're a pantser, listen to me very carefully. Your anger is misplaced. Don't get angry at me for telling you that if you want to be, you know, better at this, you have to take some notes and you have to stop just making it up and trusting yourself to just make it all up and keep it all straight because you're not a child. We're not just playing pretend on the carpet and we are trying to turn this into something that isn't just a hobby for people. So don't get angry at me for telling you you got to buckle down and be a little bit more serious. Not my fault. But there's this third flavor, this third brand, Pantsers and Plotters. One of the other brands, one of the other ways to do this is puzzling, a puzzler. And when I introduced this idea ages and ages ago, I think I did it on Medium. That article might still be up. I might just make it a writer's secret weapon with a redo over on Substack. But... Um, Maybe it was on the blog. I don't know. At some point in my life, I have talked about it. But let's just let's just give it a refresh and a new coat of paint today. A puzzler is sort of the way to bridge the gap between pantser and plotter. People find enormous uh, comfort in the idea that there is a middle ground, maybe because they enjoy straddling fences, maybe because they don't like making commitments, maybe because it's just... Uh, a way of dipping our toes in the water rather than getting serious? I don't know. But a puzzler as a crafting strategy can be, for some people, incredibly valid. Here's how this strategy works. You are going to consider your story, whatever it might be, a jigsaw puzzle, which is a pretty accurate way of thinking about it. And you are going to regard components of your story, be they chapters, be they beats, be some chapters and some beats and some scenes and some lines of dialogue, all the different stuff in individual pieces as puzzle pieces. And you're going to handle this and assemble this puzzle of your manuscript by managing it not in some singular document of, of notes, and not in some willy-nilly, I just sit here and wherever inspiration takes me, gosh, I hope that's good enough. But to consider each piece as a piece and figuring out where you can best plug it in, like a jigsaw puzzle. So it doesn't matter the size of the piece. It doesn't matter if some pieces are fully cooked scenes. It doesn't matter if other pieces are lines of dialogue. It doesn't matter if other pieces are vague, hazy concepts of, of like, I need an action beat. I want a car chase with a hippo or, you know, let's have more birds. It, it doesn't matter what the pieces are. It matters that the pieces exist. This is the hybridization of our two methods. The the plotting perspective is just the decision-making set around what could be in the story. This line, that scene, this image, this piece of exposition, this premise, this framework, individual pieces. Now, here's where puzzling falls short. Because if you're able to consider these pieces as individuals, if you're able to say, I have this and this and this and this and this, and they're all different sizes and all different things. It's not that much further, even if it's scarier, it's not that much further to continue that sort of way and mode of thinking and end up with an outline. 
We're almost there. We've got one training wheel off the bike. We are, you know, we're, we're, we're learning how to drive, but we're, we're mostly doing it on our own. We're not totally liberated yet, but we're well on our way. The distance between full-on plotting and puzzling is a lot smaller and shorter than most people assume or accept because you're already doing it. You're thinking about your story. Puzzling, though, I think provides that comfort. Well, it's not a full-on plot. I don't have to map out everything. And just so we're clear, you never had to map out everything. There is no, like, rule or, or carved-in-stone dictum that said you had to figure out the whole thing first. It's just not, nobody cares. It's not an important thing. No one's going to be like, hey, did you did you figure out 99.8% or 99.9%? No one's going to ask that. And I know, I know. You are sitting here listening to me and you're saying, yeah, but some traditional publishers want an outline. Do you know, do you know why they want the outline? They don't want the outline to double check your work. This isn't school. They want the outline because some people are going to read that instead of reading the manuscript so that they can see the outline and see the thought progression and make a few assumptions and then decide whether or not to pay you. That's what the outline's for. It's Cliff's Notes for them. That's all that is. So whatever your outline might look like is good enough because those lazy bastards are doing it to get out of doing some real work. But here we go back again with being a puzzler because people love labels. People love this idea that it has to be a certain thing and it has to look a certain way. And I keep telling you, it just doesn't. I'm sorry, but it doesn't. So we've got all our various assorted pieces. Now we're going to sit down, much like our jigsaw puzzle, and try and figure out how to piece them together. What's a good place for this? What's a good place for that? What's a good place for this over here? This is the pantser element of puzzling because now we are completely unchained and untethered from everything else, and we just have to figure out where we're going to put stuff. Just make some decisions. Well, here's a scene. Here's a scene where two characters are having an argument. Maybe I could open the book with this. Okay, let's, let's for the moment, stick that first in the manuscript. Okay, so if we have an argument, ooh, I can take this line of dialogue and put that in this scene because it sounds very argumenty. Okay, great, there you go. Now we're well on our way. I want to point out, though, and this is important, that this kind of, I have this idea and I think it goes here, is exactly the same thing you do whether you are pantsing or whether you are plotting or whether you are puzzling or whether you are doing any of the other techniques for figuring out what the hell your story is. That's just how this happens. You sit down, you see a thing in your head, and you write it down. And maybe it goes here, or maybe you put it here for now, but then realize, wait, 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 I can copy and paste and move this 10 pages forward. That's, that's fine. That's okay. No one's going to be mad. What, I, what I've never understood and what I've never really liked about these reindeer games, see, we're tying it back to the beginning. What I've never really liked about these reindeer games as to like, I'm a pantser, I'm a plotter, I'm a puzzler, is people's radical adherence to the label as if anybody's going to notice. Because at the end of the day, this is about readers. At the end of the day, this is about finished books. At the end of the day, this is about getting published or having a career or selling things or just being somebody who feels that sense of accomplishment that they wrote something. The method is only going to be interesting for those of us who use the method. 
your reader seven months after you publish it is not going to sit there and go, hmm, I, the thing I bought for $1.99 on Amazon, I wonder how this was produced. They're not thinking that. It won't occur to them to think that. It will occur to them to say, hmm, I wonder if there's more like this I could read. How the sausage gets made matters to the sausage maker, not the sausage consumer. Because the sausage consumer just wants sausage. No one cares about how Rudolph's nose is luminescent, whether it's like radioactive snot or, or you know, genetics or, or, I don't know, he's inhaled a flame spirit. He's possessed. I don't know. Doesn't really matter. Not really important. What matters is that it is a thing and it exists and we can be, you know, noted for having done it rather than doing it. But here we are back at the structure of outlines. Here we are back at the structure at the confluence of I've made a few decisions. I don't want to make more decisions yet. Somehow I want an end result product where decisions must be made. This is the danger in straddling the fence. This is the danger in trying to have this third method. If you're going to make it all up, if you're going to fly by the seat of your pants, you run the risk of drawing it out and having a lack of structure. Too many things, too busy, too poorly crafted, with no real cohesion, just sort of a, a vomitous spew of all these different ideas without really enough framework to hold it together. It will feel incoherent or rushed or slow. It will lack form. That's the extreme. That's not a given but it's real, real common in unstructured spaces to see unstructured writing. And people swing the pendulum to the other side for plotting. Oh my God, it's so rigid. It's so inflexible. The joy has been taken out. As if the joy is only in the fanciful, I made shit up part with no structure whatsoever. Oh my God, I'm a little kid. I get to run around outside and twirl in a circle with my arms out. And that's the best part of play as opposed to the part where you imagine that you are, I don't know, a space person landing on an alien planet. Like, that's, that's the kind of thinking we're dealing with here at this level, and it drives me up a wall. Because this is not a better strategy for making a story than some other strategy. Puzzling and being a puzzler is not going to save you. It's not going to fix your indecisiveness. It's not going to figure help you figure out where the better story element is. Pantsing isn't going to do that either. Plotting isn't going to do that either. They're not applicable that way. They're just different ways of labeling how it is you do the job of telling the story. No matter what, on some level, the, the act of production is I imagine a thing, I define it and give it some kind of shape and quality, and then I transcribe it. I put it on the page. The amount of rigidity, the amount of structure, the amount of rigor to that varies from writer to writer. And it varies from writer to writer on literally a scene-by-scene, word-by-word, component-by-component basis. Some sentences feel very formed and very important because they're big and impactful. Oh, my God. Huge. Use the force loop. Big, tremendous elements. Other things are just sort of throwaways like, nah. You know, small little tossaways that we just thought of in the moment. And we have no serious, 
you know, vertebra underneath. Other things are mapped out so that we can keep them straight, like fight scenes. Other things are components we just keep in a, in a, in a manuscript file and we can like hit a salad bar and take a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of this and dump it all together and there's our plate. It doesn't, it doesn't eliminate your need to do the act of making decisions. It doesn't eliminate your need to fill in the gaps. One of the major problems with being a puzzler is that you are still left with gaps the same way that an outline can be, the same way that a pantser can be, the same way that any of the other people can be. And you're going to have to do the exact same thing. Sit down and make decisions and follow your story forward. This happened. What are the consequences? How do they resolve this? Here's the problem. What are the obstacles? How do they resolve it? What skills do they use? What dialogue do we say here? What's the emotional temperature here? How do the characters feel about this? Where are the themes? What's the next thing that happens? Because these two things happen, what's the third thing that happens? All of those components don't suddenly evaporate because of how you have elected to map out your story. You're just going to come to them from a different direction from a different door it's sort of like there's a room with multiple entrances and you can come in this way or that way or over there but you're always going to get to the room these these reindeer games this sort of you know random distribution of well what about this and what about that is is just masturbatory for a lot of people they want to collect knowledge like it's pokemon they want to know the terms they want to know the concepts and it doesn't help them because the they're not applying it. And I'm asking you nicely, politely, today, here, no matter if you pants or plot, although I would strongly recommend plotting, uh, pantsing and plotting because you need to get into the habit of organizing your story and understanding that there are boundaries and limits and you can't just write down every goddamn thing like you're a six-year-old making a grocery list where everything is candy and sweet cereal. Pantsing, plotting, puzzling, waving, bonding, circling, you know, snowflake, whatever method you want to have for organizing the architecture of your story, just just fucking use it, please. Give that some thought. I'll talk to you tomorrow.